What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Uh, hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. <laughs> My name is Eric. I'm Mark. Hey. Uh, joining us today is James. Jim hello. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. Good. Um, today is, uh, well, it's been a minute since we've done a release, but today we're going to do something a little different. Yeah. Um, today might seem a little strange to be over 100 episodes deep and then finally release an episode called What is 40K? Seems a little late. Sure, a little, but today we're actually going to tell you bit. what 40k is. Unlike all the other stuff where we just ramble and yell at each other. I thought <laughs> for the past two years uh-huh. we've been trying to explain what 40k. No, no, is. no, no. This is the first time we're actually going to tell people what, what 40k actually is. Have I been doing? I don't know, man. We all wonder that. We all diving deep into that lore. <laughs> Yikes! Diving deep. So this episode is going to be for people who know pretty much next to nothing about 40k lore uh we're gonna kind of hit some of the key uh features of 40k some of the key factions you know just kind of keep it brief and uh just hit the highlights hopefully we can snag new people by uh talking about the cool things that you know 40k has to offer so we're going to start off reading this awesome quote um this pretty much sums up a lot of 40k eric if you want to read it sure it is the eve of the 41st. <laughs> uh, it is the 41st millennium. For more than a hundred centuries, the emperor has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. He is the master of mankind by the will of the gods and a master of a million worlds by the might of his inexhaustible armies. He is a rotting carcass writhing invisibly with power from the dark age of technology. He is the Carrion Lord of the Imperium, for whom a thousand souls are sacrificed every day, so that he may never truly die. Yet even in his deathless state, the Emperor continues his eternal vigilance. Mighty battle fleets cross the demon-infested miasma of the warp, the only route between distant stars, their way lit by the Astronomicon, the psychic manifestation of the Emperor's will. Vast armies give battle in his name on uncounted worlds. Greatest amongst his soldiers are the Adeptus Astartes, the Space Marines, bioengineered yes. <laughs> super warriors. Their comrades in arms are Legion, the Imperial Guard, and countless planetary defense forces, the ever vigilant Inquisition, and the tech priests of the Adeptus Mechanicus, to name only a few. But for all their multitudes, they are barely enough to hold off the ever present threat from aliens, heretics, mutants, and worse. To be a man in such times is to be one amongst untold billions. It is to live in the cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. These are the tales of those times. 
Forget the power of technology and science, for so much has been forgotten, never to be relearned. Forget the promise of progress and understanding, for in the grim dark future there is only war. There is no peace amongst the stars, only an eternity of carnage and slaughter, and the laughter of thirsting gods. <laughs> Sounds like a great place. <laughs> so that's like a really like well-known quote. Yeah, it leads off almost every book that has Imperium stuff in it. Yeah, which is like the main faction, I guess. Oh, light just went out. That's oh, weird. No, it's the one you were. Sorry, talking. I forgot I to know. pay the power bill. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> again, James. <laughs> okay. So, what is 40k? Warhammer 40k. Warhammer 40k is a fictional universe uh, based in the year 40,000. Uh, so, it, it is based off like our current timeline, roughly, like. Supposedly, kinda. everything that happens in our world yeah. has happened in this world. Yeah, exactly. So this is, uh, what would you call that? This isn't a completely made-up setting. It is, but like it's not. It's not like Lord it's of like the Rings. A realistic where fiction. Yeah, right, where yeah. what? I don't know if they have a term for that, but maybe we should have researched on that. Anyways, why well, didn't? <laughs> so created by Games Workshop over thirty years ago, and to this day is still being expanded. Yeah, so forty K has this huge amount of uh, just different things that happen in forty K. It's been around for thirty years. It's constantly being expanded like we just even got a whole bunch of new stuff every every week we get new stuff it's crazy it's always getting more and more to learn so 40k is a dark gothic and gritty sci-fi horror setting where every race is fighting for its own survival uh, in that quote it talks a lot about like war and like how everyone's just <laughs> there's no hope there don't don't trust science or technology yeah they they perform war on uncounted planets and who knows how many and it's just constant every resource is fed into just the, <laughs> just machine, the war machine of war yeah 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 um yeah it, and it's really dark some of it like it's not really a child friendly there's not a lot of happy endings there's not a lot of optimism going on here uh about the best you can hope for is you know when you go to war you just lose four of your limbs but you still have your heart so that doesn't mean that yeah. those nice things don't exist no. but it's not the focus of the setting yeah um yeah another really cool thing about 40k is it's it's gothic kind of styling like when you look at their artwork it's this gritty garth gothic look uh they have crazy churches that are just covered in skulls and um everything just has this gothic-esque look to it even when you look at like um, they have a faction called Space Marines who are wearing power armor. Some of their power armor actually looks like medieval knight armor. Like it's just, yeah, it goes for that aesthetic of like almost that medieval. It's like a future medieval. Almost. Yeah, like wrap those two things together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's also great for a horror setting. Um, we don't see a lot of it, but really, it's perfect. Like. Whether it's uh, cosmic horror or horror being eaten alive by an alien, like you, it has a bunch of different types of horror in this setting. Um, yeah, it's, it's a dark place. Yeah, people definitely. There's definitely not as much horror as there is just like the cool war fighting that people yeah. seem to gravitate to. But there, are, they, there are books of horror. Yeah, there's though, an right? entire section in the Black Library yeah. just devoted to the horror genre. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really fucking creepy things in 40k that uh, 
you do not want chasing you. Like like a good example, uh, there's uh, Necron, which is like a robot skeleton, essentially. <laughs> you know, there's way more lore to it than that. But some of them get infected with like this flare virus where they uh, start to like crave blood and flaying things, essentially. And they, they'll cut your skin off and then and wear it yeah. themselves. Like just imagine being chased by that. Like you could get like a really fucking crazy horror vibe going with like that. This crazy robot's trying to hunt you for your flesh. It's it's nice. It's real nice. Um, 40K is no Star Trek where peace and reason and enlightenment pre- uh, prevail. Like that. That's kind of why it's not like a true sci-fi. Yeah, like Star Trek is your is a true science fiction. Everything has like a, a reason and an explanation behind it. Yeah. But that's not the case in 40K, where are there are unimaginable and unexplained things. Yeah, like like in I think the definition is like hard science fiction versus soft science fiction, and 40K falls into the more soft. Yeah, because there's in like Star Trek, for example, they explain okay, warp fields are something that was actually theorized by scientists in yeah. the real world. Yeah, that you can create this warp field to travel fast, whereas in in 40k warp fields are different and it's more like magic yeah so it, it's a very different vibe yeah. where it's it's this soft science fiction a lot more is yeah. possible that way yeah. too yeah and, and they try not to throw around clunky words like throw in the hyperspanner hypers- yeah google yeah they, they usually don't throw Shoot. in a lot of words we're gonna get sued for that <laughs> the hyperspanner boogle there we go uh yeah like so there's quite a bit of um, – the way they describe, like, most of their fancy stuff, instead of coming up with, like, quas- cosmic spanner or whatever, they come up with, like, high gothic terms for stuff, hmm. which just, like, goes – like, it's weird. Everything's backwards in 40K. It's not Star Trek where everything's progressing forward with technology. In fact, technology in 40K for most factions either stay stagnant or they degrade. Yeah. And this is another crazy thing I like about 40K. Yeah, the quote that we read earlier says, forget the power of technology and science for so much of it has been forgotten, never to be relearned. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, like... In 40K, people will find 10,000-year-old technology be like, this is crazy. This is the most advanced thing we've ever seen. Like, yeah, but it's 10,000 years old, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. not innovating and yeah. pushing for new things. So. Yeah. Um, another really crazy thing is, like, enlightenment, not a thing in 40K. There's, like, Star Trek, everyone works together. Everything's good. People work towards something. People have a, a good understanding of their universe and their place in it. Um in 40k it's all just chaos like everyone has their own gods that they worship and each god is just as viable as another god over here there is no cosmic truth necessarily in 40k or like there is no uh you sounding an awful lot like a heretic right now well you know that's <laughs> that's that yeah no it, that's very true though like this enlightenment everything is kind of viewed under the shroud of tradition yeah and backwards looking yeah. religious practices even though they're smart enough to make teleportation technology they still like to light candles before they use it like oh, yes, to, to because, set a mood and not only that but it might be in like that's written in the book on how you have to teleport is you have to light this candle even though it has no bearing on <laughs> yeah. the actual thing you're stuck in this regime of religious practice yeah, and traditions yeah. so. something that you just do not see in star trek um mm-hmm. 
40k is also not like Star Wars, where there's a clean divide between the forces of good and evil. Uh, 40k at best, there's shades of gray for like good guys, and even them, it's like. But most likely, everyone is just evil. <laughs> most likely, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I really like. Um, it it's nice and good when everything is in its place, and you know, good always wins. But I, I don't know. It just feels more realistic when everybody gets fucked over at the end of the day. Seems like that's well. The other thing too is just more like the world, the universe is so dark. Like everything is coming to kill you all the time, like all everyone. The time. So <laughs> the idea is that there's not necessarily a lot of room for people being good people. It's just like you're trying to survive, and yeah. everyone is just trying to survive. And you're gonna have to make hard choices to survive. Yeah, and yeah. it's more just like that. It's it's. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that everyone is evil. It's more just that people just do what they have to yeah. all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's something that uh, it catches catches a lot of people off guard when they come into a setting new. They they look at, uh, like, the poster boys of the game, which are called Space Marines, and they think they're these good guys, these noble heroes, these valiant warriors. And while they might be that, they're also these... Cannibals. Cannibals, yeah. They yeah. also... Mutilators. Fl- yeah. They drink blood yeah. and... Yeah, like they they have foul practices. <laughs> they kidnap children and force them into psycho indoctrination, yeah. and like so. And it, even in war, the way they do war, it's like it's incredible brutal. violence. Yeah, they, savage. Yeah, like it's not just your standard war. You go you, there's uh there's stories, no mercy. Exactly. Yeah. There's stories of like guardsmen coming across a battlefield after space marines have been there, and there's just blood and body parts everywhere. It's just it's a mess. It's not this clean precision. Um, so yeah, like even the, the poster boys are these like super hyper violent, brutal, um, not good cannibals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's fun. Um, one of the main taglines in 40k is there is no peace amongst the stars, only war. The setting of 40k is a hopeless one that no matter what you do, uh, you are just one of countless trillions all clamming for their own piece of the pie. But no matter what you do at the end of the road is death. No one's safe from that. Uh, and with death comes the hunger of the chaos gods in the warp, waiting to devour your soul. We'll talk a little bit more about the warp real quick, because it's another unique thing about uh, Warhammer 40k, is the warp is a parallel dimension um, where you can actually draw power from. And things you do in our reality feeds into that, um, into the warp and can create even consciousnesses. Uh, so there are actual like gods that are you know when you die they're gonna feed on your soul, so that's nice to know that yeah, no matter what no, you do in life your soul is gonna get devoured. Yeah, and I don't think like a lot of people in the universe have that knowledge, but no. it's kind of something for us. Like no matter how good, even if you found the space to be like a true altruistic, <laughs> like good person, yeah. in the end, like your reward for doing that is being consumed by an, <laughs> an angry hungry god yeah so that's <laughs> who, a... who you did not worship at all during <laughs> your life so yeah yeah there's not a lot of room for good people in no 40K. yeah so that's always fun and yeah like the galaxy because of it it's in war all the time everyone's fighting everyone all the time um 
So everything in 40K is also dialed up to 11. The authors are constantly walking uh, the line of writing the most badass things they can think of without it turning into something too goofy, which every now and again does happen. But for the most part, like everything in 40K is just taken to the next level. Everything is bigger. Everything is stronger. Um, even yeah. their weapons are are more brutal, you know, like... Um, a chainsword. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like a... a- tooth-tipped chainsword meant to just rip through people. <laughs> yeah. Like it sprays as much blood as possible, and that's... <laughs> that's part of the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the appeal. The, one of the craziest things I'll I'll probably never forget uh, is a story of this uh, guy, like, super-engineered this thing called the Primark, yeah. and he had three grenades in his hand, and he punches, like, through the window <laughs> of a tank, uh-huh. and holds on to these grenades as they all explode in his hand, killing everyone in the tank, and then he just pulls his hand out and his hand is fine. That's nice. That's what you want. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's some, like, crazy powerful beings in 40K that, yeah, like, they're almost superhero level. Mm -hmm. Everything's dialed up. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like imagine what superhero movies would be if like none of them were good guys. Yeah, if they didn't have the same <laughs> morals and ethics that yeah. they govern that govern their current. They're not here lives. to protect you. They're here to do what they th- want. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, but yeah, that's a good yeah. It's imagine people who can do things that we can't, yeah. and then put them into this setting of no hope, yeah. no goodness, and you know what do they do with their gifts? Yeah, they wage war. <laughs> One of my favorite things that have been dialed up to 11 is in the setting they have, uh, it's called the Ecclesiarchy. It's the official religion of uh, the Imperium. And they Which worship is humanity, the right? Yeah. Yeah. And they worship the Emperor. But on one planet, they have this one church that they built. And, you know, every it, picture the Catholic Church. Everything's just extravagant. They build these grand uh, cathed- uh, citadels for worship and stuff. And one of them. Uh, that they built was 600 square miles. <laughs> it That's how big the footprint of the building was. And then it was so tall that it actually left the planet's atmosphere and entered space. Like, everything is just so big. Like you, And they built that in like 20 years or something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. Everything is just so big. Everything's dialed up to 11. It's one of the things that I really like because it just... It's all just ridiculous, really. You can't really try to rationalize it. Their their spaceships are so big, you you can't rationalize how they've made those or like everything's crazy. I love it. Yeah, and and the thing about it too is that while the setting is quite serious, there's an element of it not being serious at there's the same time. There's an element of there's comedy. That fine line, yeah. And, yeah. Whereas sometimes you look at it and you're like, Well, the line I just read was kinda cool and badass and this line just seems ridiculous and makes me want to scratch my head. Yeah, every now and again you get those ones as well, but yeah. that's the way she goes. Uh, so most sci-fi settings hold science and reason as the ultimate truth, but in 40K, almost every faction is highly religious, zealous, and xenophobic, or just straight up backwards and weird, <laughs> like you just weird stuff. There are some incredibly powerful entities in 40K that are about as close to a god as one can actually get, and they demand worship. So a lot of these races actually do worship their gods which are for all intents and purposes pretty much gods yeah um the uh, i think a big difference is that a lot of times in in settings you'll see a metaphorical representation of gods or a god that doesn't intervene and doesn't participate in like the lives of their 
worshippers, but in 40k, it's very different. Their gods are very much active yeah. in the lives of their mortals. Yeah, and it's such a weird thing when, you know, they have the ability to fly from planet to planet, but they're still worshipping, like, gods by sacrificing people to them and, like, mm-hmm. doing backwards practices that it's just, like, really, like... You have... Say the proper words, you know, <laughs> yeah. in like, when you're doing this sacrifice and then go... Whenever turn you on turn your on your car, track. you have to spray it with holy oil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even one of the more, like, uh, in the setting, the Tao, one of the more scientifically, like, uh, reasonable... Philosophizers and... Yeah, but even... Philosophizers? I don't don't think so. Philosophers. (laughs) There it is. No, philosophizers. Philosophizers, yeah. Philosophizers. But even them, like, they turn their philosophy into a religion, pretty much. Like, the greater good is essentially a religion. People kind of... They put their faith in it, and they believe it, and... yeah. You know, it has power because they all believe it. Yeah. So, and that's another thing too. Like, uh, their worship in this universe actually does have an effect too. You you worship uh, the blood god of corn by you know killing people. He actually gets more powerful. Your worship is actually a valid thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's one really crazy weird thing where you're just trying to put together futuristic stuff. Like they're talking about power swords and how cool they are and then all of a sudden there's actual chaos gods out there that are trying to <laughs> eat your soul so you have to worship them th- so you don't and there's no way around it technology is not your savior in this universe mm-hmm. it's not the be all end all mm-hmm. there is no ds machina or whatever trying to bring everything closer to uh, perfection it's all just fucking chaos everywhere hmm. um 40K is a setting where countless stories can be told. Stories from a lowly factory worker all the way up to a massive star system spanning a 100-year-long war. Uh, Yeah, like, 40K, it's not just one little story and you're following a main character through the galaxy. It's about an infinite amount of stories. And even though we've been talking a lot about, like, how brutal and, like, violent 40K is, there's also stories about just simple factory workers or... Um, you know, other type of people that are just going day to day trying to survive and have nothing to, they might not even know about space or aliens or anything like that. They might not be educated in any way. There's all manner of stories that you can tell in 40K. Yeah. The nice thing too, is that like the universe is so big and there's so many different worlds. You can pretty much come up with any, a world that looks like almost anything you want. You could come up with a world that's all like progressive and futuristic and lovely and everything is amazing and then completely throw that into pieces or the other way around you could like the universe is so big there isn't really a story that can't be yeah inside of it which is kind of cool yeah which is really nice for people who like to write like one of the big draws for me for 40k is coming up with my own stories that then i can try to insert seamlessly into this massive setting um yeah uh in a perfect world if 40K did have a setting uh, or like a story, uh, it would be about the survival of the Imperium of Man as it's about us. Uh, oh, I don't know what I messed up that line. That's fine. That's cool. It's also about uh, six uh, Xenos races. So the the main focus is, you know, most people relate to humanity, the Imperium of Man. But there's also other factions and they have their own storylines. They're not just bad guys. They're for the Imperium. Like. The yeah, Imperium's yeah, not, not my f- favorite faction. I like other factions, yeah. like just as much, and they have lots of lore for them and reasons why I like them. Yeah, they're not. It's not like 
you you can't view it as like oh the Imperium humanity. There's your protagonist. Yeah, there's yeah. like your good guys struggling yeah. to survive, and everyone else is just set against them. That's just not. Yeah, every single one of them is the protagonist of their own story, exactly. and they view every single other thing as their aggressor. Yeah, you know, and as the person trying to stop them from surviving. Really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing too is like all of the different cultures are like are usually described from the perspective of the Imperium. Like that's the general way that it is yep. presented. When you read like a story, it's almost like historical archives taken by the Imperium about other places. Like there are obviously yep. some exceptions to that, but from the most part, it's, it's portrayed as if you were a human reading about the universe. Yeah. A lot of the information is shared, very human centric yes. and it's from their perspective. Yeah. That, so that might be why people feel like it's a they're the protagonist, but mm. it's really just the way the in, information is communicated. Sure. Because it, it kind of makes sense. Like if you're you are a human, if you're listening to this, probably <laughs> one can hope. Let's. Uh, yeah. I assume, and so like it just makes it easier to like relate to the rest of the universe when it's yep. presented as if you are what you are. I, yeah. So that's just the way they communicate. To I you. really like it because. Once you like shed that veil that like, oh, everything is done through the human perspective, then you take a step back and look at how the information is giving to you. And you're like, oh, my God, like humanity is not nice. Like they're super (laughs) racist. They're super xenophobic. Like their naming conventions follow like weird like they call an entire people fish people and (laughs) like super offensive. And it just it can show you that you like you take a step back. And you understand that, like, oh, even the guys that I thought I was, like, uh, relating to are actually really bad people. <laughs> and they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to find too much in common with anyone in 40K. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Unless you're writing your own story, then you can, you can be a perfect person. <laughs> um, one really cool thing about 40K, too, is it thrives on mystery and uh, not spelling out every detail. Uh, whether this once again goes back to even the way they deal with technology, like they surround it in this mystery, they don't actually know how it works. They just know if they do this, this, and this, it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, but even bigger things in the galaxy, like they set up these huge mysteries that you're supposed to come to your own conclusions on, um, and how ha- they leave it very open ended. Very open ended, yeah. And and I love it. I love the mysteries. I love being able to have conversations with people about. Uh, yeah, like, oh, what do you think the Satan on, or the Void Dragon on Mars is? Is it Satan? Is it something else? Like, they set up these huge things where it just allows you to really just do whatever you want with that idea. And it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just, yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of what 40K is. It's a grim, dark setting uh, where religion is a very real thing. Uh it's a science fiction setting, soft version, I guess, is what you call yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like there's spaceships that are flying around. There's lasers. There's all that kind of cool stuff. But then there's also this weird backwards medieval vibe to all of it, you know? Yeah, like just to go back to what you had mentioned before, though, about like it's very open-ended. Like the original story was written in almost like a D&D style. Yeah. So if you know anything about D&D, it's kind of they allow a lot of room for you to insert your own yeah stories or conclusions and so it's very it the whole thing 
is quite still has a little bit of that vibe where things are quite open ended. Yeah. They want you to since it is like mainly about selling models, they allow you to insert what you do into the universe as much as possible. And so yeah. that's that's kind of a cool aspect of it is that whatever you want to contribute to being a part of the the general yeah. story, you can kind of you're allowed to do that and yeah. fill that space. Yeah, well. like I I just feel like with other settings it it it's not as open for that. Like no. I could never imagine writing anything in the Lord of the Rings setting. You know, like it just I I don't think I could do it justice. It it's way more restrictive. You can't just add stuff to it. Um same with even like Star Wars, which is a lot bigger and people have written whole books, you know. I don't know, it just it just seems way more open for it. Well, I I think one of the big differences between those stories and 40k is that in those stories there's very obviously central characters yeah that live in these universes that they've made and there's very popular ones and, and you see how they interact whereas in 40k the story of the factory worker is just as like in, maybe not important but it's just as real as the story of the space marine or the sure. story of uh, a human who governs an entire planet. And yeah. I think that's like a big difference is you can write from any perspective sure. and have it be just as crazy and amped up. Whereas you can't really write the perspective of a peasant in Lord of the Rings. It just, you're like, cool, you worked the farm for 40 years <laughs> sure. and then you died. Yeah. Well, you I know? think, I think, part of it too is the way the rules of the worlds are written so for example star trek you can't deviate from the idea that they're a post scarcity post like a post money economy hmm. like that's just a central thing to it that everyone yeah. everyone can basically do what they want and if that doesn't work in your head me it doesn't work for me either but the <laughs> idea is that you can't mess with that and that's quite a yeah. constraining rule Whereas in 40K, pretty much you can invent a planet yep. that pretty much can fit within the universe quite easily as long as it doesn't have galactic uh, scale yeah. consequences and that be perfectly valid within the rules of the universe. So yeah. it's quite flexible. Yeah. As One fun thing, too, is like it is on a galactic level, um, which means you can have some pretty – while you might not have a galactic changing events, you, you quite often – and it's quite acceptable can write like uh you've blown up star systems or you've gone on this create and conquered 500 worlds or something like that you can go quite big with the scale of things and still not have it like change the galaxy um so it's it's cool yeah you can you can do a lot of crazy stuff with it yeah and i think that's one of the biggest appeals of this universe for most people that are in it is that you can do so much with it yeah without- breaking it yeah exactly um yeah that's uh kind of the what is 40k uh we're going to talk a bit about like the lore so the lore is the story behind it it's the actual if there was a plot um so 40k has a vast and deep lore and it's been written by many different authors over 30 years uh the lore has undergone plenty of changes and additions over the years but there have been some parts of the lore that are integral to the setting and probably won't ever change. Um, 
So we're gonna start. We're gonna talk about. There's a bunch of different uh, factions that you can play, or read about, or learn about. Uh, and the biggest one is the Imperium of Man. Uh, humanity, over the course of uh, thousands of years, have created a galactic empire, held together only by the blood of its armies, led by the God Emperor, a nigh all-powerful figure who sacrificed himself in a great battle to ward off the forces of the chaos. He now sits immobile in a corpse-like state on Terra while his high lords run the Imperium. So, even humanity, they have this godlike being that they worship, and at one point he actually sacrificed himself. It's very, like, Jesus-esque almost. So Mm. the rest of the race can survive, and now, you know, they worship him as a god. Uh, And, like, when he was around, he had crazy powerful powers, like he could shoot lightning bolts out of his fingers. Um, Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. (laughs) You know, if you're not manifesting fishes, you're shooting lightning bolts at you. That's that's what I second yeah. something or other. And low doth the lightning bolts <laughs> flow through him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the Imperium is besieged on all sides by heretics and xenos. Only through the use of its unlimited numbers are they able to survive. Uh, millions of regular humans, the Imperial Guard, die every day. And where the fighting is... This, thickest can be found the Adeptus Asardes, super soldiers beyond comparison. To be a part of the Imperium is to be one of countless trillions of humans living in the harshest, cruelest, and most dangerous times imaginable. There's no peace amongst the stars for you. So in the Imperium, it's this repressive regime where literally they have to control every area of everyone's life in order to survive. If you don't have everyone making ammunition or whatever the need may be at the moment, the aliens are just going to come and override your planet. So Yeah, and while that probably is the reality, like it might not, but even if that's not the truth, that's the story they tell you. Yeah. You know, even if you have a planet that has never, like it's so far outside of any alien's sure. path, they're still going to feed you this rhetoric Yeah, yeah. to control your life. Yeah. So it's it's not like... Even if the threat isn't really there, you're still threatened by it, right? Yeah. And and so you're lied to and everything. So it's not like a... The Imperium's not a good it's place. It's not nice. No, no. no you... There's not a lot of room for for nice <laughs> things in the Imperium. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they just have armies of billions and trillions of people that just march across the star defending the Imperium. And uh, chances are good, yeah, you'll end up there and you'll die there. So yeah. that's fun. Chances are very good. No matter what you do, you're some cog in the machine that allows yeah. impu- the humanity's war to be waged. Yeah. So we'll talk about up next, uh, chaos. Mm. So this is a kind of catch-all because chaos can actually affect everything, not just humanity. So not everyone is happy with their lot in life, and many have fallen to the whispers of the warp gods, servitude in return for power. In a parallel dimension called the warp, the emotions of mortals have birthed and fueled four destructive chaos entities. Nurgle, Korn, Chinch, and Slanish use their mortal servants as well as their demons to raid and destabilize real space. No race is safe from their seduction or destruction, and their ultimate goal is to feast on the souls of mortals. So yeah, it, there's this alternate reality called the warp, and we've actually, with our emotions, birthed different gods in that reality that have created personalities, and usually they're not good ones. They're they're the gods of destruction or decay, or it's usually not good things. 
Um, yeah, so you can actually end up worshiping these gods and they can give you power and stuff. And that might be a way out of if you're just that lowly factory worker, that might be your way off the line. Mm-hmm. So it happens quite often where, you know, just whole planets will rebel and fall to chaos. And instead of being under the thumb of the Imperium, they'll try to at least maybe. It, yeah, what they feel is like a way out to gain freedom as they yeah. rebel against their captor, only to realize maybe later and maybe never realize that yeah. they're just they're now just bond. a slave yeah. to the chaos now <laughs> and so like even yeah chaos, even your freedom isn't freedom no chaos is like a weird word because like it's what they call it but it it's not necessarily chaos it's more like a corruption or like sure. a it, it the way it usually seems to described as not not necessarily like it's some sort of like randomness it's yeah. more just like there's these forces of evil that corrupt things. That's yeah. Like these things are more pure evil than everything else, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So up next, we have the the race called the Eldar. So this is an alien race, mm. uh, a now dying race, the Eldar or Eldari, at one time held sway over the vast majority of the galaxy for millions of years. Their own hubris led to their own downfall, creating a massive hole in the galaxy to the warp. (laughs) They struggled to survive using their deep knowledge of warp craft and innate psychic abilities to read the future and steer their world-sized spacecraft safely around the the galaxy. Um, But yeah, so this race, uh, they actually birthed one of these chaos gods. And during that, some people were like naysayers, like, well, no, we can't do this. And they fled. While others, they just stood stood around and kept birthing this god, and eventually, a warp ripped a hole in space and sucked a bunch of the Eldar in and devoured their souls. And now the rest are just fleeing from this chaos god that they created. But at the same time, they're still, you know, being harassed by the Imperium or other other aliens out there. They're still trying. Oh, yeah. to... They still have their own threats that they need to oh, yeah. fight against, and and people that only want to you know see their destruction so yeah. and they are like a dying yeah. race like they are on the back foot barely holding on to survival yeah. so it's like for them it's it's a very sad story but it's one of those like well you brought it on yourself yeah and sure and and just for like aesthetic wise they're very like they're elves they're yeah they're essentially space elves for yes. sure um some cool things about them though is so if you have the ability to tap into the warp, which is that energy that you can pull off of, uh, you're called a psyker. So every Eldar is a psyker. So they can all pull energy from the warp, which means some of them have the ability to see into the future while others can uh, move their body really quick through warp energy or whatever they may be. Uh, it's a really cool thing when the whole race is this incredibly psychic um, race. Well, they, yeah, they effectively also live in this alternate dimension, and how they communicate with each other isn't just through our mundane means. Yeah. They also use like psychic connections, sure. psychic you know emotions, and, and things that they just can't. Yeah, that we could never experience. Yeah. So. and even like the when they uh, build sh- uh, spaceships or whatever, they use a solidified warp energy called Wraithbone. So even their buildings and their technologies and stuff, uh it all resonates psychically. Exactly. Yeah. It's all tied in. So yeah, it's it's really cool. If you kind of like the warp t- tying in, if you like psychic abilities and uh if you even like the story of like, you know, a dying race, you know, fighting its last little uh 
kicks before it dies type thing. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Uh, so when when the Eldari created that uh, Chaos God, half the art or half the Eldar kind of continued on doing crazy things and half stopped and kind of fled so the half that continued to kind of do crazy things are called the dark eldar so it's a subsect of the eldari race and the drukhari live life very differently from their brethren uh, instead of hiding from the chaos god slanesh or she who thirsts they have found a way to sacrifice the souls of others to spare their own so they live in a city uh, in the space between real space and the warp, and the city extends to all corners of the galaxy. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to uh, to conceptualize. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> sentence doesn't really do it justice. But, <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just like a weird kind of in-between place. Like it's almost like in-between dimensions is yeah, kind of the yeah. way it is. Yeah, um, They are some of the oldest living beings in the galaxy with a special few claiming to have lived for over 14,000 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's an old guy. That's an old guy. Yeah, that's like most of these races are very, very old, but yeah. these are individual beings who have claimed to have been alive for 14,000 yeah, years. Yeah, which that's a long time. But yeah, the one cool thing that they do is kind of so their souls are going to be eaten. Their soul is constantly being eaten, the Dark Eldar. So instead, they uh, they just go around the galaxy collecting whatever poor, poor, unfortunate souls they can find. And they end up pretty much sacrificing those souls to Slanish to save their own. Or or they absorb the souls kind of more likely or more, more how it actually happens. Hmm. So they end up torturing people and uh, inflicting pain on them. Anything to kind of get that soul resonating really well. And then it, they kind of just absorb it and it... They absorb that life force so they can survive. So instead of fleeing from the the, the chaos god they created, they kind of just uh, sidestep it maybe? I don't know. Feed it? Not really. They found a way they to a live way to, yeah, without having to like change their <laughs> style of life. Yeah, because yeah, they still want to be evil. Wanna, yeah. <laughs> so the next we have is uh, Necron. So older than any other race, the Necron have cast off their biological bodies and replaced them with sinister bodies of living metal. They care nothing for life or what they consider the lesser races. They have slept for 60 million years, protected by computers, programs, and constructs far beyond our comprehension. As they awaken into this galaxy torn apart by war, they have begun to reclaim what they see as rightfully theirs, obliterating those that refuse to comply it's nice this is like you're just a classic like eradicating life race you know they look like terminators yeah views everything else as lesser than them and not as good and so you know they're the only ones that deserve to rule and yeah yeah Yeah, but they have personality too so they're like most of them don't but they do have like some personality they want to wipe out all life but they're 
Yeah. They have like a little bit of personality when doing it. Yeah, yeah. Some might like to flay while they some like like to flame. I don't know. How would they like to do it? Yeah. Uh, like how do you prefer to get how rid do of you prefer to get life rid of forms? life in the galaxy? Yeah. We all have our way. We all have our preferred method. I prefer just uh-huh. annihilating planets wholesale uh-huh. one at uh-huh. a time. Uh-huh. But these guys, they don't always do that. Sometimes they have other plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like melting the polar ice caps and drowning the population. That's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a good one, too. my go-to. Uh, so the next one we have are orcs. So most. Oh, sorry. Can we go back to Necron for one second? Sure. So even Necron, they have captured these uh, entities called Satan, which are like real space entities that used to feed on suns. And they have like the ability to change reality around them. Essentially, they can uh, create new things out of nothing. Um, and they're these crazy, powerful beings. They're um, they're called masters of reality. Yeah, like it, it's so hard to explain how they work because we because we have we have no idea. Yeah, forty k doesn't explain a lot of things, which is nice. Like it yeah. leaves you kind of trying to figure out. But even the Necron, like even though there's these soulless uh, warriors that just want to conquer the galaxy, even they have gods that some of them worship or they use and more likely the case. But yeah, like it, it's fun. <laughs> you like, you got to like all powerful beings, especially when they're on your side. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now the orc. Yeah. Okay. So most likely, so now we're gonna talk about orcs, 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 orcs. orcs. It's classic. Uh, most likely the evolution of the life form called the Krork, which is also a ridiculously old thing. Uh, the orc race is simple to grasp, but how they live is impossible to understand. So all knowledge seems to be embedded deep within their DNA and only awakens in time of need. To further complicate things, this need is driven by whether or not they can find a good fight. Orcs are highly aggressive and have a strong warlike nature. Uh, and for the ma- vast majority of orcs, they create no artistic marvels. Uh, they don't philosophize. Uh huh. No philosophers. That's a real. That's a real word. <laughs> it's not underland. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Google well, Docs okay. says it's a real word. <laughs> I would. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I concede. So. They don't create artistic marvels. They don't philosophize deep thoughts. You know, wow. instead they focus only on finding another fight or a snack or a beer, yeah, or whatever, or another a big gun or a fast vehicle. Like it's yeah. very, their their needs are very like now based. Yeah, like I yeah. want to do something right now, and I want to go fast right now, or I want to fight right now. Yeah. Um. So very rarely do they set aside their own petty squabbles to fight toward a common goal. But when they do, uh, the results are disastrous for anyone in their path. Yeah. If they can be united uh, behind, like, some common goal and, like, yeah. a common leader, uh, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Th- there's a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I read one line that said they're the most numerous life form in the galaxy. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I agree with that. It's either that or humans. Hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, like that. The one I read that said it's the most common. It's a pretty old. Uh, yeah, uh, I could definitely see it happen. But yeah, I could see yeah. it being there's more of them. They just are too busy fighting each other yeah. for the most part. Yeah, to that's really their motivation. Is they just like fighting. They just yeah. think a bunch of rowdy teenage boys that just want to fight each other all day long. That's rowdy 
teenager boys that are eight feet tall, uh, 200 bound, pounds of muscle. Have access to uh, weapons. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no morals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All they want to do is just chop things and shoot things. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, so the Tao Empire, uh, a young, idealistic, and naive upstart race. While only being starfaring for a short time, the Tao have created an empire not just for themselves, but also anyone willing to join them. Their main philosophy, the greater good, teaches them that through sacrifice and working together, a brighter and more prosperous, prosperous future can be built. Not everyone is open to this idea, and the Tau are more than willing to engage in wars to eliminate threats using advanced technology and Xenos auxiliaries. But as they push further into the galaxy, their beliefs are tested, tested and compromises must be made for their advancement. Um, yeah. These guys are all about, like, cool, futuristic technology. Kind of, they're like... This is the sci-fi, yeah, like, it, Star Trek... Race. Battle suits, yeah, like yeah. clean technology. Everything makes sense yeah. in what they do. Like their their motto, their creed, whatever. The greater good is what they call it. Even that, like, makes sense to a certain degree. Whereas yeah. almost anything else, you start poking holes. It's really easy. But the Tao is like supposed to be. If there was a good, it would be them. Yeah, but even them, yeah. not necessarily good. They have uh, some dark things going on in order to in order to control some of the races under them. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. So they, they give you a chance. Hey, you want to join the greater good? We got cookies, you know, that whole spiel. Uh, and then if you say yes, great. Now you're a part of the smallest empire in the galaxy. Congratulations. Or if you say no, they'll probably just blast you into non-existence. So that's yeah, nice. Until you say until yes. You, until you say yes. So yeah, that's Or fun. you're gone. Um, uh, really building bright futures for people i think in in the bombings well they really care about the people that they're trying to subjugate into the greater good yeah yeah Uh uh-huh uh tyranids Uh, so this is the newest and probably largest threat that the galaxy has ever faced uh the tyranid race is extra galactic hailing from beyond the great void of space They have come to consume everything, whether this goal is only a portion of their aims or all they want is to feed is unknown, uh, for communication with them is impossible. (laughs) So they're led by the combined consciousness of all their alien minds, and they seek out planets to strip them of all life, like tendrils grasping through space. Oh. Like, a good way, if if you watch other sci-fi, we've already used Star Trek as a comparison a couple times, but, like, they're kind of like the Borg in the way that they have hmm. a hive mind. That yeah, they and are, their mindset, yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily that any individual has any individuality. It's that all of their minds together become this one big mind, yeah. and that's kind of how these guys work, too, except there's no mechanical stuff. It's all organic. It's all yeah. biological, they, yeah. They are bugs, essentially. Um, massive massive space bugs space bugs you gotta like it mm-hmm. um yeah and they just they literally strip they go to a planet they strip it of all biomass they just literally devour planets yeah they even consume rocks and metal yeah. to be repurposed into their armor and weapons and stuff that yeah. they grow so yeah. they're yeah it's if ever there was an existential threat yeah. in the galaxy it would be the tyranids yeah um, they're also the only thing that we know about outside of the Milky Way in 40K. Mm-hmm. And even then, we don't know where they came from. We don't know much, much about yeah. that. But yeah, There's a lot of theories, interesting... even that they 
came from our galaxy sure. originally, and there's just as many out there that they didn't come from our galaxy. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's one of those open-ended things where you yeah. get to pick yeah. what you like, really. Yeah. Um. So those are some of the main players, but there's also a bunch of minor Xenos, and you can even create your own alien race, too, if you wanted. Like, once again, the, the possibilities are just whatever your imagination is. Um, we did a bunch of episodes on all the minor Xenos set minor xenos race, wow races that gw made and i think it was like 150 different minor xenos that they've made up yeah and while some, and of, some them, of them might just be a one line yeah but some of them have you know quite a lot of different lore and their own motivations and how their technology works and all that kind yeah, of and stuff, how they so. interact with other races and yeah. a little snippet of the, a culture that would be for them so. yeah there's yeah. a lot out there yeah so yeah. so hopefully one of those races kind of interests you and you can go look more about it but, uh, yeah, that's kind of the lore of 40K. It's just a bunch of these different alien races all interacting, usually in a violent way with each other, uh, while worshipping their gods to try to kill other gods, being pawns in the great game. It's nice. It's real nice. Nope. No, it's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's a carefree world, you know? You just got to wake up, fulfill your duties, and then uh, at the end of your 18-hour day, you can have a nice three-hour nap. Yeah, and you got to... Bar of corpse starch. Perfect. That's what you need. So 40K, uh, it's been around for 30 years. And over 30 years, it's had a bunch of different types of ways to get engaged in 40K. Um, from novels, like they apparently have over 500 published individual stories. I'm surprised that's not higher. No? No, I'm not. No, I am surprised it's not higher. But mm. it's still a lot. 500 books is a lot of books. And they're yeah. still coming out with more and more and more. But it's not just books. Yeah, audio dramas, audiobooks. short stories. Um, they're doing graphic novels. Yeah, they they even signed a deal with Marvel and they're doing some actual comic books. Yeah. Like there's all types of They book. just two years ago started like a preteen focused sure. um, some literacy there and, and even that stuff, like yeah. oh, I've read it. It's it's not bad and Yep. So yeah, uh, they've they're really trying to hit as many different ways, even just within the literature world of like sharing forty yeah. k. So yeah, and there's also like, so to that time, right now is a good time to be involved in the hobby because even at this point, they're basically releasing weekly updates to stories and yeah, and probably. stuff little on snippets of stories yeah. yeah so you can if you want to just they even have something called the regimental standard i believe is what it's called on yeah the yeah so you can read like little short yeah, it's like a news article yeah. based in 40k yeah. that so you can read it's like a piece of propaganda yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. it's 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 cool it's well done well and everything written by the imperium is effectively <laughs> propaganda yeah so like there's there's always new content, new information about the world being yeah. released. You can always like reading stuff. There's so much you could like. I don't know if you have enough life no, to honestly, get through all of like, the content. Yeah, <laughs> I well, don't know how you would get through it. You all. know what? Beyond even all their literature, yeah, there's currently 51 40k video games <laughs> available, and those so the genres crazy. of those range from action to real time strategy. Uh, they have tower defense games. They have collectible card games. First-person shooters, third-person shooters. Yeah, and, and the games are available for almost every platform, but they focus on PC and mobile Seems to be. platforms. There's a couple games in here that are actually like amongst my all-time favorite games. 
I re- yeah, I was a huge fan of Space Marine. Yeah, right. Like that's one that's of my what's... favorite yeah, games. It's really good. Even if it wasn't 40k, I'd love that game. Um, but yeah, there's also music. Um, lots of people, lots of uh, people have started their own like heavy metal bands to think sing about corn and slaughter and whatever. But not uh, just heavy metal though. There's also anyone I, you could produce I'm sure any kind of music. Yeah. yeah, but it does seem to be there's definitely a lot of heavy metal 40k yeah. stuff. I think. Uh, <laughs> All you have to do is talk to Sam to yeah. understand, <laughs> oh, to see the similarities between <laughs> metal music and 40K. Yeah. But um, back in the early 90s, Games Workshop actually created their own music label <laughs> called Warhammer Records. Oh, yes. Uh, I like to think of it, it's called Warhammer Records. Ah, uh, of course, of course. No. <laughs> uh, and they actually did create an album <laughs> with a band called D-Rock. <laughs> <laughs> got to listen to and this. And it's titled Oblivion. Ah, oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. That sounds amazing. I, wonder I did if they enjoy still finding have, uh, that. I wonder if they still have that record label working. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. assuming. Like, it doesn't... I don't think I guess it costs them like, much to just keep the name yeah. and the company. And on. I guess, like, they do make their own, like, uh, scores. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, TV and movie adaptions. Uh, there was a movie that GW made directly. It was released in 2010 called Ultramarines. Uh, but yeah, it never made it to theaters. It was no. directly to DVD. So that's probably why you didn't see it. But there, there's controversy about the quality of that film. 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> watch it every night before you go to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah. But 40K is becoming super prominent now. So there's actually a big deal going on with... Uh, I forget which company's making the show, but it's a show called Inquisitor. And it's coming out onto like major streaming platforms. Is it called it. Inquisitor? It's about Inquisitor Eisenhorn. I don't know what it's called actually. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, done. It's, it's in the works. Very early. It's done by yeah, the so. guy who did High Man in the Castle, which is a very yeah. like well known, well in the done castle. Yeah, whatever. It's Man called. in the High Castle. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's going to be pretty wild. They're also doing a bunch of their own. Um, like I think it's gonna be web comics. They're they're working on a bunch of stuff right now. Yeah, they're for TVs. They're like releasing and... some kind of web series yeah. based on a Space Marine group. Yeah, a, a chapter of Space Marines. Yeah. Um, but but that's like their official stuff. Yeah. Even then, though, like if you search YouTube or Google, you'll find so many fan made and high quality. Some of them are. Yeah. Yeah. There's, There's so many like out movies out there of people's like Space Marines or, or yeah. Xenos races or whatever. Yeah. I so there there's one there's a couple specifically that are so good though that like I know they've gotten people into the hobby just because of how good those. Yeah. Yeah. Those are Astartes. So. Yeah. Yeah. So specifically, yeah. Uh I did write down actually like I think the best one that I've ever seen is a Stardies. Yeah, it's um, this, like, what, maybe 15 minute long? Less than that. Mm. It's got to be under 10 minutes. Mm. It's but just it's five it's so different well videos. Done, yeah. 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 It's by this guy named Siama Peterson. Mm-hmm. Had to actually search for that mm. to find out. Yeah. But yeah, it's just this quick little, super well done um, action sequence, really. Yeah. Um, there's. But yeah, how it, much dialogue in a couple lines. It goes but, to show you that I think yeah. that a, like people get really into the universe and they just love being in it, whether that's yeah. creating it yeah. or playing in it or painting in it or reading the novels in it. There's just something that's very magnetic about 40K. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
40k has also made a bunch of like uh non-war games so non-tabletop board games and role-playing games as well so they've really some 12 board games including which, monopoly yeah like they have a monopoly game they they got a bunch of crazy yeah stuff. so so they're that's they have like some real ones and then they also have reskins. So the reskins, they have like a, a Warhammer 40,000 Munchkins, they have a Monopoly and I think there's a Risk sure. coming out. Uh, I don't even think it's out yet, hmm. but it's in the works. But then they also have role-playing games as well as other just board games that are on their own systems. Um yeah, so the role-playing ones, actually, we've dabbled with. Yeah, yeah. They were licensed by a company, uh, Fantasy Flight Games. And yeah. I think there's five books out or something. <laughs> five different games that they've made. Five, yeah. yeah. And all, then they, all each one 40K. has probably like 20, 30-plus expansion packs or whatever. Yeah, but. they're yeah, it, it's quite, quite extensive even. Oh, yeah. And it, what's nice is those books seem to have a very good understanding of the 40k universe yeah they have so much like cool little details in the books that just flesh out the universe more and more yeah uh, there have been sometimes like i've enjoyed those publications and they're not like official games workshops right they're done by a different company but i've enjoyed those more than some games workshop (laughs) publications i've seen yeah they're they're very cool but even gw they've made their own role-playing game called uh warhammer 40,000 ruin oh Oh, <laughs> hmm. anyways, <laughs> so the biggest thing most people know 40K for tabletop role play or wargaming. So the original purpose of Warhammer 40K, the tabletop aspect has grown and changed much since its creation. GW recently re- released their ninth edition of 40K in 2020 and currently supports 21 different factions with model ranges and rules that are constantly being evaluated and updated for competitive play. Yeah, we we that's yeah. I mean, I wrote it perfectly. But do balanced, I agree with it? All <laughs> things, um, yeah. but yeah, like the tabletop is how I got into it. I never would have read a book, or I probably would have played a video game, maybe. But for me, that's the big thing. For a lot of people, that's the big thing is uh, tabletop wargaming. You have these miniatures that you build, you paint, you build your army, and then you actually roll dice and play games with people. Yeah, and I think a. Uh, like for some reason it just it just bleeds itself into building narratives for your guys yeah yeah you start well, to just have attachments you to your armies yeah and... you got sergeant johnson over there who has never died in any games and he always turns out to be this hero character and stuff yeah and so yeah then you start writing a little backstory like oh why did this why is this guy so good you know i yeah i think like a lot of what they do they're very re- they seem very related and it's like oh you want to like model and paint well yeah. at the same time throw on some 40k music sure right or like a tv show or, yeah exactly yeah. Or, or something on there that's also just another aspect of 40k so i think you can consume a lot of it in tandem with each other yeah. I th- which really helps i think I, I guess another big thing that we never talked about too is just podcast man like if you're painting there's I don't know how many Warhammer podcasts there are. There's oh probably, yeah, you know what? There's, there's probably an, hundreds. There's an of official them. Games Workshop one too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the Voxcast. Yeah, yeah, where they they talk about it. There's and they do their official like painting guides yeah. online. And man, it used to be in these little magazines. <laughs> like and... if you want to expand it out, there's so much but, content yeah. on the internet related to this hobby. It's <laughs> it's madness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no matter what you're into. 
I think there's a, really there honestly is a spot for everyone in 40k. Whether you like reading, go read books. If you like video games, go play their books. You know, there is something. Yeah, go play books. You know, <laughs> I play books so good. <laughs> I've I've read. I know how it works. <laughs> I know how these things work. Uh, but yeah, there really is something for everybody. Um, I get off asked a lot like oh how do you introduce new people to 40k i'm like well just be sneaky about it like if you see your friends reading book go sneak them a book you know like there's there's something for everyone there really is if you kind of enjoy this yeah setting. you need to enjoy the you setting. gotta enjoy the setting which yeah but the thing is the setting is still quite broad so there yeah, probably is not a like, room for for a lot of people for then. people that are like i love um i love romance and romance like, Love can bloom, Eric. Love can bloom. There's Gilliman and Yvonne. <laughs> yeah. Romance. It's just a meme. It's not real. Oh, it's real. We've no. seen it. Xenos and human relationships aren't real. They can't hurt you. <laughs> That's what my psychiatrist said. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, we're going to talk about what 40K is, is for us. Um, it, it's a big part of all of our lives. It's it's a weird thing to say, but we've done a lot of 40k. The three of us. I know me and James are good friends because of 40k. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we met. Um, I I can say that with a lot of people. So for me, I've been doing 40k for nearly 20 years, uh, and it's always been a way to just hang out with people while still having something to do or talk about. Um, it, it's a social thing, definitely for me. Uh, what first got me into 40k in the first place though was the setting. Uh, I just love the grim dark. Yeah, there's the setting. It nothing matters. Uh, I'm I'm pretty nihilistic in life. Like I don't act like it, but my core belief is nothing matters. <laughs> and it's a good reminder that you got to uh, you got to try to make things better. Otherwise, you're gonna end up like 40k in this bleak dark place. So even though I don't believe anything matters, I'm gonna try to make a better world so we don't end up like 40k. So that's nice for me. Uh, another thing I really enjoy about 40K is how it's allowed me to show off and expand my creativity from story writing to painting or even just learning how to uh, accept a crushing defeat by James better. Uh, one day I'll get good at it, but probably at not. At accepting defeat? At accepting defeat. You just I'm have not... to get defeated more, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'm not going to beat the play more games. It won't happen. But, yeah. uh, and, and the other big thing is uh, just doing Lorehammer. It's opened up a whole new aspect of 40K to me. Um, just being able to talk to a bunch of different people, talk about 40K. Um, but yeah, like it, it's, it's been a huge thing in my life for like 20 years. It's, it's, a, it's an odd thing. Uh, but yeah, I use it for social interactions mostly. A little outlet for creativity, you know, figuring out the best way to paint things. I, I'm starting to enjoy that. So Yeah. 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 What do you like about 40K? What's 40K to oh. you? Uh, so for me, 40k is a very versatile hobby. So there's like, I mean, this is pretty much what the episode is, but there's yeah. so many ways to <laughs> enjoy it, you know, from novels to modeling to war gaming, just to discussions. Yeah. You can be alone. You've been in groups of hundreds of people at conventions or tournaments yeah. and you can consume 40k in all the variety of going up to that amount. And so the grittiness of the universe, I think is like really fun to explore uh, if only because, you know, like life isn't comparable to that. Yeah. My life yeah. isn't that gritty. No. So I like to explore that in my mind only, not in <laughs> real life. Yeah. I don't want to physically experience it. So. No. 
Um, so like I'm a big fan of world building and storytelling and 40k has created like a pretty open universe yeah and there's just enough structure uh, in it that it it feels like whatever I create just isn't silly yeah. or ridiculous um, and I think that's one of the nice things of having other people who are also invested in like the setting is that you bounce ideas off of them. So I might create something that I think is awesome. And then I, I go to someone else and I share it and they're like, well, that's ridiculous because <laughs> of this, this, and this. And, you know, and then you get to redraw it yeah. and go back and, and try and find out like, okay, what's a way around this. And yeah, so I, I like I that. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah. No, for um, sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the most enjoyable parts to me though, is like sharing what you've created. Like there's nothing better than pulling out a model and being like, look at this, mm-hmm. look at this, and look you just this. shove it in other people's faces <laughs> until they tell you that it's great, uh, and, then, uh-huh. and then you leave. You know. Uh-huh. So, but it, it's uh, you ever hear the joke? It's like women don't or people don't wear makeup mm-hmm. to impress like other people. They wear makeup to impress their friends who also wear makeup, hmm. right? Okay. Or like a guy. <laughs> I like to say like a guy, like uh, your motorcycle. You have a loud motorcycle, but uh-huh. nobody around you who doesn't have a motorcycle they have no idea what any of that means. But someone who has a motorcycle <laughs> will appreciate the motorcycle. Are you saying people appreciate your paint jobs? But they no, ha- no, no, no. I'm that saying that, but only a select few. I'm saying that it's what's nice about <laughs> doing the hobby with other people. Yeah, you, like doing the hobby solo isn't nearly as fun yeah. in my mind because yeah. the only people who will really appreciate the the time that you put into converting something awesome yeah. and the research you put into creating the story are other people who are in the hobby with oh, you. Oh yeah, my my wife does not understand any anything I've ever done in this. Yeah, but also has no care to. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like that's that's the difference is yeah. that I can share my shit with people who have no idea and they just be like maybe thumbs up maybe stare yeah, me yeah. like i'm weird but other people who are in the hobby are willing to engage about oh sweet it. i seen how you cut that off arm off yeah and like, now, oh what's that model how'd from? you paint what's that, that or from? yeah and so that's what i think is one of the best parts is sharing it with people who are just as passionate and like the hobby just as much as yeah. you so because if you didn't have people that, out there like that yeah and if you didn't have it i i probably wouldn't be on the hobby because sure. not to the same degree yeah, yeah like yeah. you can't i don't think i could model and paint in hobby if i didn't have other people that sure. i could constantly share with so <laughs> that that's probably one of my favorite parts is having the ability to bounce stuff yeah off of other people yeah jimothy sure um for me like i've been on the hobby the, by far the least out of the three of us so i think it's now been but almost, I guess almost three years now, but yep. uh, I like, I like, I, I never was very good at doing crafty things. And so learning to paint and learning to model and doing all that was, it took me a long time to get anywhere near okay at it and <laughs> uh, still have a lot way to go. But the improvement, watching, watching yourself improve is something that's super. Yeah. And it's a weird great. thing like painting. I I honestly think unless you have the craziest shaky drunk hands, I think anyone can actually paint and paint a model that you can be proud of. Oh, totally. Yeah. Well, even if 
Even if you I think, even if you have shaky drunk hands and you paint a model, you can still be. <laughs> yeah, proud you just gotta of it. find a model that is like a lot of dry brushing, so that way you'll, you just <laughs> you should just be proud of what you do, oh, regardless yeah, sure. of well, what yeah. your limitations. Either are. way, either yeah. way, like you can, you can. It's just something to be getting better at. That's fun. Yeah. I also like yeah. the social aspect too, because like just playing games is fun. Meeting yeah. new people that I would have never met before. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is I like the competitive aspect of playing games. Like I think that's, I probably will be shifting into trying to tournaments once they start happening again. I think I'll want to join that scene. So we'll see how well I do. Probably not well, but, (laughs) but I'll, one of the requirements for winning and that's playing primary. So, well, I got one, one for two, I guess. Anyways, I, so I'm like, I like the game aspect. I think the most, I think it would, it makes, it makes putting all the effort into painting and sure. building worth it when you get to see all them on the table and yeah. oh, and yeah. play with them. So, yeah, like I'd say that's that's those are the main you things. Definitely for me. like the game and painting your hobby and increasing that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably where I where I get most of my enjoyment from it. And the funny thing is, all three of us had very different answers, which is well, that's kind of just cool because it shows that all of us are here for different reasons, yeah. but we all find that common ground and. Yeah. Uh, Christian, if he was here, he was supposed to be, but he was sick. Like he doesn't really paint. He doesn't play, um, but he loves just reading, reading the lore and stuff. He doesn't read novels, but like no, just... no, no, that's not his main goal. His main goal is to just buy models. <laughs> <laughs> he likes buying, he likes spending buy. money on. Oh 40K. yes, okay, yeah, he likes spending but never doing. But yeah, yeah, like that. That's one way to be a forty k guy, I guess. Yeah, just yeah. spend your money. Having yeah. a giant pile of gray plastic is. <laughs> That's some man's just dream. Just boxes and boxes. <laughs> a lot of it's probably still plastic wrapped too. <laughs> but yeah, it just it just goes to show you that you can consume 40k anyway as long as you, you know you accept the story for what it is. Sure, so. it has its flaws. There's some glaring ones, but uh, I think you just gotta look past some oh, things yeah. every now and again. You know, uh, I always try to keep in mind. Yeah, this this could have been written 30 years ago this little bit of lore here hmm. that's why it doesn't make sense but uh that's life um yeah so that's the episode i hope uh you guys got kind of a good understanding of the basics of 40k so your friend when they're rambling at you about it you might know now maybe we did a better job explaining it than they did they could have just been yelling and screaming at you like and then the space rings were charging who knows <laughs> Chainsaws were fleeing it. I don't know. I've had some weird 40K conversations. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. I've had a lot. (laughs) Well, when you've been around it for that long. Uh, Yeah. So uh, go check out uh, some things. I don't know. Go find what you're interested in. If you like reading, go read a book. Go read a 40K book. Find also a community, I think, is is like a really big thing. If there's a hobby store near you, if you want to get into the games, like most local gaming stores are like very good about creating communities and like groups of people who play together and model together and interact with each other so i think you can't find one locally join uh the lorehammer community we got our own discord you can go on there we're talking to everybody you can send us a message show us what you're working on tell us what book you just read whatever um i can be your community yeah i am community now (laughs) (laughs) look at me (laughs) yeah well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, our next episode, I'm not sure what we're doing. 
It's going to be an Imperium episode, I'm pretty sure. Might not be. Well, there's a lot of Imperium <laughs> out there. So. Yeah. Might, might be Imperium, might not be. It's one of those two. <laughs> I, yeah, everything is either Imperium <laughs> or, or not Imperium. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That's true. So That is a tautology right there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, <laughs> uh, the Imperial Tithe? Yeah, yeah. Um, go support us on Patreon if you like what we're doing. Uh, send us a couple bucks. This is a list of everyone who's already thought what we've done is worthwhile. So, yeah. so here's our new patrons. Thank you to Alexander, Mel, Thomas, Parker, Oppi, Nene Skachow. Yes, sir. Astrid, Matt, Snowden, Moises, Kane, Logue, Cameron, Bill, Humphrey, Frogman Savage, Lucas, Scott, the Mustard Tiger, Logan, Mustard Tiger. <laughs> Logan, Yount, Calm Exit, Magos Logos Kerulius, Tessier, Hunt, Johansson, James, but not this James. James. Mango Valentine's. the Destroyer, Hunter, McEwen, Sistema, uh, Richard, Fernstrom, Joshua, Jay, Daniel, Only, Adam, Gideon, Marlos, Dragon Shield, Daniel, Cryptic Zrin, Dolly, Daniel, Michael, Krunk, Smash, <laughs> yeah. Kudelski, Maxi, and Davenport. Davenport. Nice. Thank you. David thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for contributing, guys. <laughs> it's crazy. Supporting the show. It's awesome. Means a lot. Um, means a lot. Okay. So that's this episode. Go show your friends. You regular listeners, go give this to your friends. Send out links to yeah. everyone in your contest. Grandma, check this podcast out. You know, stuff Grandma. like that. Grandma, go listen. Yeah. Grandma likes to craft. She'll be right in there. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Okay. I'll leave you with one final saying. Um, mm, uh, mm, mm. For in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. There you go. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you on our next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Eric. My name is James. Whoa. I'll be hosting today. Okay. Wow. Welcome. Okay. Welcome well, to I'm my Mark. garage. Your garage. Yep. <laughs> Hold on here. Uh, I don't know how to start this now. I feel like I got James. Like, well, I'd like I to. I uh, how long he's been living in my garage. For I want to welcome you guys to my podcast. It's uh, uh it's always ha- great having you guys on. You always have like good personalities <laughs> keep the chat going uh-huh. in a good direction so uh-huh. always a pleasure to have you guys back on and uh, thank you mm-hmm. thank you yeah anytime like obviously not anytime because sure. yeah. yeah. it's my podcast, <laughs> you know like but... come over anytime but call before you come of course over, of course you know? <laughs> give me some uh-huh. you never know what i'm gonna be doing on the couch over there yeah <laughs> give me the opportunity to say no yeah mm-hmm. let me put my pants on at least yeah yeah well <laughs> i can always take them off <laughs> okay okay all right well Moving right on from that <laughs> uh but you're not living in my garage though just to clarify
I'll confirm or deny. <laughs> I will do neither. Okay. <laughs> welcome to Lorehammer. <laughs> this yeah, is the quality welcome. you ex- come to expect and love. Uh-huh. Welcome to Lorehammer. <laughs> you can cut that whole beginning part and just start here yeah, if you want. <laughs> we will. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.